G'day, Nagashites. Oh. <laughs> AOS Coach here. How are you going? It is talking Soul Blight Gravelords, and I am honored to have the LVO finalist here. Not the winner, unfortunately. That kind of went to Gavin, uh, your opponent. But I'm here with not Levin, it's Lavan. I, I almost went very Aussie on you and go, Levin. But I've got Levan here from Bulldog Hammer, um, a channel that I've been following for a long, long time now, cracking battle reports. But more importantly, you have definitely deserved this because you not only went 5-0 at the LVO, you also made it through two rounds. So for anyone who doesn't know the LVO, it is a um, best of the best series at the end where they do like the top eight and there's like a knockout ladder and you went on and, you know, defeated two opponents to get to the grand final. So um Levan, g'day welcome good day coach uh thank you uh for having me today and um yeah it's great to be here honestly i went four and one uh and got to the finals uh i was number eight one? yeah four oh, and one you yeah stuck in. <laughs> no that uh we, we will discuss it yeah but um yeah it's it's great and also thank you very much for supporting our channel from day one uh, we had the crazy support from you. We really, really appreciate it. It was actually funny. I, I remember like when your brother Yuri reached out because Yuri's been a long time, like one of my original patrons. And when you when you guys messaged and said, "Oh, we're going to do a battle report," it was great to kind of watch the evolution of of those battle reports. So it's been, you know, you guys are doing some cracking battle reports out of Canada as well. So um, hopefully, I get to play on the channel one day. I'd love to travel. But yeah, you're right, actually, because there was six. I couldn't remember where you landed at the end, but there was the top six. Uh, so the top six went five and oh, or the top five went five and oh. And then the, the last couple of slots was a highly contested four and one. And I think it was like literally almost everyone got like almost every battle tactic in. It was like it was like you're talking like my minuscule differences yeah. between getting in the top eight and not getting in the top eight. Yeah, very competitive event, uh, very strong players. So, it, and actually, it was an amazing event. Thank you for, uh, thanks for, uh, to organizers. It was uh, very well organized. And yeah, like until the end, uh, you didn't know if you end up like eighth or 14th or 16th or 20s because points were like, like, I don't know, right. So tight. Yeah, very tight. So, I was um so funnily enough I was meant to be running a hundred player tour my my annual tournament had been postponed from October to January the same weekend as the LVO if I knew I had to postpone it in advance I would have tried to come over but I've already get, uh, committed to to Gareth who is in the chat I said Gareth I'm coming over for 2023 so LVO mark it down it's Coachella at Las Vegas Open but. Um, I, I was watching that because I was living vicariously through the, the stream and all well, not even the stream was actually best coast pairings, which is the, the tournament software. And yeah, like it was just neck and neck the entire way. You, you couldn't tell, you know, people, you know, in a very Australian way, you know, like people missing out on a bee's dick. Um, that's a <laughs> Australianism that you might've just learned that we're not here to talk LVO specifically. We're here to talk about soul black grave Lords and your experience because it was interesting. I, I've i been looking for a list like yours for a long time now. And, and, you know, for anyone who's seen the description, it is a zombie-heavy build. And when I've been going through tournament records and looking to see who can I invite to the channel to talk Soul Blight, it's been very um, zombie-dragon-heavy, 
uh, like, you know, Prince Vordry and a bunch of zombie dragons. It's been Blood Knight heavy. It's been Graveguard heavy, people taking one or two big blocks of Graveguard. But I'm, I've yet to see um, a competitive and do really well focus on zombies. And I've always thought that zombies had some stuff. Like, there's just some really good rules if you, you build around. But um, but you've you've you finally did it. You cracked it. You cracked the code. We'll see how long it uh, will it last, right? <laughs> I think there was an element of surprise too that uh, helped me really well. I think people uh, weren't expecting uh, from Zombie that much of output and resilience uh, because no save, uh, and they say okay, just sixty models, but it's no save. Everything goes right, but not that easy. Well, it's interesting because I've got a tournament coming up this month and I've been thinking about the meta. Like, first off, it's my first tournament in third edition because Australia has been on and off nonstop. I was in lockdown for four months. So tournaments are only getting the confidence now and the rules to be able to run, you know, we, we know, like just rules, like in general, right? We haven't been able to play. And I've been watching the meta for the last six to nine months, you know, since third edition dropped. And, you know, we were talking about it on, on Warhammer Weekly literally 24 hours ago. We were talking about the amount of either safe stacking you've got in the meta, you know, you know monster heroes who are able to do like all that defense, finest hour, mystic shield to kind of ignore rend and then they heal and like all the ward saves. Or you are going into some really powerful projection of power projection where you've got long strikes, bow snakes, um, you know, cruel boys with their bows. You've got um, so many, you know, even like iron drakes with, you know, a sheer amount of crazy damage. There's a lot of power projection from range. And I've been thinking about, I'm like, right, well, how do I prepare for this? And if I want to win the tournament, you know, do I go counter, like, do I go counter to the meta and run bodies, run gits? and just go nothing but bodies, nothing but crappy heroes. But then when I look at what you did and then what I can do, the difference is just uncanny between Gits and Zombies. So I think, you know, your build and, and Soul Blight is in a really good spot. Why Soul Blight for LVO? Let's let's start very high level for anyone who's thinking about competitive Soul Blight. Why did you choose Soul Blight to go to the LVO? Uh, actually, it was a question for me for probably several months. I couldn't find the new army that I want to play. Uh, if people were uh, following my ch- our channel, uh, they know that I'm we're very heavy destruction players. I've been playing Orangeos for basically the start of, of uh, my hobby, and I played only Orangeos for tournaments. Uh, but then, you know, I got a little bit board probably and i don't like where iron joes right now even though like people say they're very strong and like they're solid i don't but i don't like where 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 they are in current meta and i was looking for an army i played a little bit doris of cain i played a little bit of cities and it wasn't not not my cup of tea right and uh soul blight uh actually it was yuri who suggested me to play uh heavy zombies and uh gargan thanks uh to him and then i said yeah and i started uh, looking into it. i like lore i like vampire stuff and i believe that uh what uh games workshop do with age of sigma they try to you know uh, go uh, a little bit away from stereotypical armies like el you can see else with the hammers you know there's no uh, stereotypical armies anymore like we used to see in a uh, classic fantasy but vampires still stay very very classic in uh age of sigma and i love vampires so lore wise and play style wise it was great uh because of flexibility 
so now I will tell you why I think uh, they they are good for me. Actually, there's one small point. Like uh, you talk to me as if like I played Soul Blade for a long time. I probably didn't have more than ten games before <laughs> I came to LVO. So for me, it was well, like well, learning. Well, that's good, right? Because there's people in the chat going right. Well, maybe you know, I I um I haven't played enough, you know. And and this is actually a question I get a lot. When am I ready to go to a tournament? And um, you know, people are, are concerned and they're worried about you know, how many games or how many repetitions, but you, and I think I saw in the chat, you know, you practice very hard and I know you got some coaching and some advice from your brother, Yuri, and, you know, you obviously got some games out there, but there's no reason you, there's no limit. Like you got to have 50 games to go to a tournament. Like obviously, I'll tell you, you even more, to... uh, sorry for interrupting uh, because uh, it's a spot on. Uh, first of all, you learn on uh, competitions because in friendly matches, uh, you can forget something and uh, your opponent is very forgiving. And you never learn like that way. You only will learn hard way. And uh, during the competition, from the game one to game five, my strategy changed radically, not because of my opponent, because I learned something new about my army, which I, I would uh, like to share today. So that's that. Uh, so why Soul Blight? Uh, first of all, uh, what differentiates my army from other armies? It's like I don't have a centerpiece. That's very important for my list and for my play style because uh, I I never like to bring more crush in my oranges because more crush is down you're out more more or less so you make a positioning mistakes you are done uh, here sixty zombies are gone okay uh, you lost double turn okay uh, your spell didn't work okay gargan dead okay you know but. These okays, they accumulate uh, uh, in five battle rounds and you already, it's end of the game and you won, right? So <laughs> they can't kill everything in one turn. So, and very important thing about uh, Soul Blight in, in that particular list, it's not a tank list. Uh, so many people look at it as like tank list, you have to just chew through it. No, it's if it was a D&D, it was a rogue, rogue list because what they do, they still objectives they still battle tactics that's what they do with their six inch piling with their summoning with their uh grave sites that that's how i won games right because people uh they weren't prepared for that they were just okay i need to hit hard i need to survive no a person pilings let's say he gets goes to conquer right i have so many models i have double piling for six inches you have 10 models here you go. There's 11 models, right? And you lose four points because of the objective you lost, the battle tactics, so on and so forth. Or uh, what they do, they say that uh, many people think, okay, I control your grave sites. I don't know. I, I leave one hero there. I leave my uh, hero on the other objective and it's be okay, right? And in the heat of the battle, they keep forgetting something. You know, you can't remember everything, but I always watch. One inch this hero moves, I drop my my skellies there, right? And objective is mine. So I always watch. So these guys is just thieves. They're not, they're not tanks, right? So that's a uh, great about this uh, the army. I was dying laughing. I, I I couldn't agree more. I think the great thing. Look, I have painted two hundred uh, goblin stabbers. Not like goblin models, goblin stabbers. And I was looking at what Pete the Wargamer said, and um, uh, Bob as well kind of mentioned it, is like the punishment essentially is, you know, you've got to paint like 100 zombies, 200 zombies. So I think if you if you have the guts, and thank, thankfully you've got contrast. 
when I painted my 200 goblins, there was no contrast back then. And I actually had to do, when I was trying to like get my washes down, I did three coats of null oil to get the black coke. So um, you definitely got a lot easier with contrast. But I, I love that your point is that you were essentially counter to the meta, right? Because right now there's a lot of heroes and safe stacking going on. I've already mentioned it. Alario, Marathi, you know, Gotrek, Archeon, Nagash, you know, there's super Super Smash Brothers happening on the table, you know, Mega Boss on, on More Crusher, and people are targeting those, and people are starting to get really smart on damage output, and when Sons of Behemoth really went out there, and in the early days of Age, Age of Sigma 3, they were the boogeyman. It was, can I do 35 points of damage to a mega gargan and pull it off the objective because otherwise i'm not going to score my battle tactics and i'm not going to i'm not going to be able to win the game I, I, I need to be able to pull down a mega gargan a turn and people have been building their lists around pulling them down but when you look at your list and you look at the way that Soulblight plays I, I i like your interesting take because you're not relying on a particular unit you know you have an absolute horde of bodies the safe stacking doesn't matter. The mortal wound output doesn't matter because you just have so many bodies that just clogs up the board that you are denying body uh, um, table position. You are helping to de deny battle tactics. And well, I'll bring I will bring up your list, folks. And I just I want to kind of talk a little bit about the thinking that Levan had going into the LVO so that you understand. And because I've seen a lot of Blood Knight lists, and I'm not quite sure if they're the right builds for Soulblight right now. Obviously, if you want to run Blood Knights, you do you. I'm not telling you not to do it. But I love exploring other parts. You know, I'm not seeing nearly enough Felbats on the table. I'm not seeing nearly enough some of these other heroes. And I think there's a lot of play out there other than just trying to flood the board with Graveguard which we can uh, discuss each unit that you mentioned because they deserve uh, to be mentioned because uh, Felbats are uh, really good unit in this particular list. Uh, for example, when, when you bring uh, my list, I we will discuss, right? And uh, yeah, and we worth mentioning Gargan too because uh, he's one of my centerpieces in my not centerpiece army, right? Uh, why I'm bringing him? So first of all, uh, he goes as a gatebreaker, the most powerful one. So now you see 120 freaking zombies holding the objectives, and also there is a Gargant. So now what you should do, either you should zombies or you have to deal with a Gargant. So he's a classic trap, which takes at least well if the opening is lucky and has crazy shooting one turn or at least two turns which i don't care because these two turns i generated generating battle tactics and objectives like crazy and when my gargan is down by battle round number three good luck killing 120 uh zombies and removing them from the objectives so that's one or if you don't uh kill my uh gargant then good luck uh, getting hit by him, right? Because he's still smashing like hell. And yeah. uh, he's a combo with Vangorian Lord that uh, we want. I want to discuss also later. It's just uh, magnificent. All right. Well, we will get to your list. I might just do a quick, for anyone who's really quick, five, four, three, two, one. All right. We'll come back to the list in a minute. So <laughs> don't don't pause the video and like we'll come back to it. But um, we do have some interesting to talk about. But... I want to get to the lessons first, then we'll go to the list. So 
you've gone four and one. Uh, you then went on and played two rounds of the finals and then got beaten by Gavin with his um, Stormcast heavy cities of Sigmar living city, which is just incredible damage output. When you look at the Fulminators, you look at the dragons, you look at the crossbows. And if anyone's interested in the final game, um, the honest war gamer through the likes of Joe Cryer with a mobile phone, um, was actually filming and, and live streaming the broadcast. So it was an interesting game. Unfortunately, it didn't go as long as I think we we would have liked it to go on. I think you losing the, the priority role into turn two really punished. And I think a lot of people in that position would have get punished with the type of list that Gavin had. But what did you learn about Soulblight through the tournament? You know, were you, was there particular armies that you were worried about that you faced? Um, I noticed things like L, uh, LVO, um, L, uh, LRL, you know, um, Lumineth Realm Lords. There was almost, they, they weren't in, in existence. It was a heavy Stormcast um, meta. Daughters of Cain didn't really do that well. I think there was one particular list around the top 20. I think it might have been Thomas, but certainly wasn't at the top. What did you, what did you think the meta was going to look like? And what was it actually like in, at the tournament? I was expecting more Daughters of Cain, and I was expecting more Seraphon dominating uh, the market, let's say. Yeah, Ridge, Ridge, was, Ridge was the best Seraphon Ridge was, player. I think he uh, was yeah, like top and, uh, 20. Uh, I think he, he was, was not. He's the best Seraphon player so far. But yeah, he, he ended up top 20, 4-1. Also, there was um, uh, the game I lost to Daughters of Cain. I was really afraid of uh, Daughters of Cain because I think my army a little bit have problems with Daughters of Cain. And I lost to our Canadian uh, fellow, uh, Dayton who actually brought not the bow snakes but spear snakes and mm. the list was crazy and he played well uh there were some mistakes made from my side but it was a great game so yeah I, I didn't expect so much stormcast well ex i thought there will be lots of them but it was just it was a lot dominating of stormcast, stormcast I, right i i almost feel like the lumineth players might have jumped to stormcast because there was just an incredible amount of stormcast and um, you know, a lot of them were dragons. Don't get me wrong, but even in the top eight, Magonk, um, with a non-stormcast, sorry, a non-dragon build. There's a lot of dragons, like a lot of you know. Actually, we'll, we'll come to that one. I want to ask mm -hmm. you about what you what you thought about the dragons and and things like that because they are terrorizing right now, especially in yeah, just in general, like living city and non-living city. But yes, so what did what did that do for you, having? so heavy Stormcast in the meta? Um, <clears throat> depends on the list. Uh, so I think the worst list that I could face, it's my final list uh, with uh, Fulminators because they just demolish everything they touch. And imagining uh, get, uh, getting uh, double turned, it's basically whole army is demolished. Crazy output. Um, other than that, there is a very strong Annihilator list, which uh, actually I think I'm good against, uh, which I had on uh, quarterfinals. Uh, again, top, top um, Stormcast player, uh, brilliantly played everything. But whenever uh, Annihilator brought to, into my zombies, I, okay, I lose like 20, doesn't matter. They kill three Annihilators, right? So that's that. Uh, with Dragons too. Uh, it's more like resilience game with them. 
because they're not as much as I found uh, crazy damage dealers. And what I was really, really lucky with that my uh, the creepify spell worked all the time. So his dragon hero was always minus one to hit and minus one damage and having uh, minus one to wound card behind. It slowed him down enough to me uh, for me to just generate points, 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 points. So I won't just, I won't probably two victory points by the uh, bell round number five. Uh, so it's more resilience game. So the worst case for me, it's something that comes to me and demolishes whole unit right away. As soon as I'm losing units, I can't do anything, right? It just, um, or heroes or something like that. So I just need to be there for a long time, at least for three bell rounds strong to generate enough points to win the game. And then I can just disappear from, from the battlefield. Interesting. It's interesting because I've said this a few times now and um, I said it with Nurgle, right? Like I know when people saw the Nurgle battle tome, they were quite upset. You know, they thought, oh, this is trash. I'm going to throw away Nurgle. You know, it, it's not fast anymore. It doesn't do what I like to do. But I said, guys, it's resilient. Like, you know, you're going to be, you're going to you take a punch with a smile and then keep going on scoring some battle tactics. And it's interesting because, um, and this is kind of what I was talking about early on about me thinking about taking my gits because I don't, I, I've got the resilience through bodies, cheap bodies. I get them back from the loon shrine on a four plus, but I, I don't regenerate them in the moment. While you, you've got a ward save, which I don't have as a gits player. You have the ability to come back on a four up if it's a skeleton, a two up on a zombie. You've got heroes that can bring models back. And it was funny because I was talking to your brother, Yuri, um, when you got into the top eight and I saw the pairings and you were up against James O'Brien, I think it is. And James yeah. was playing the all Stormcast dragon list. And I think, you know, Yuri, Yuri, and maybe it was yourself who I was talking to. It's it, Yuri wasn't sounding so confident for your, for your game. And I kind of put some thoughts around, you know, I think you've got, I've got, you've got the ability, right? You dragons want to get into combat and do some damage. They want to be able to shoot you off. There's a whole bunch of things, right? They really want to take advantage of the board and some, some double movement stuff and, and all that good things, but you don't care. You're clocking up the board and you've got so many bodies that as long as you can, and the, and the small dragons only have a short breath attack. It's like 12 inches. So if you, you there's, there's good abilities to be able to screen those, those heroes and, the mortal wounds are quite swingy too. And you've obviously got a ward save. So, um, and I kind of showed, but then when you went to the living cities and the, the living cities brings a lot of melee to the dragons, as well as some other units that it's kind of lacking that that's kind of where the mismatch came up, but hopefully, hopefully we don't see too much of those types of Gavin builds. Um, please don't people. <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing is with Living City, my initial plan was to keep my uh, giant in the middle and surround him with uh, zombies so he cannot be uh, charged with many, many uh, models of fulminators or dragons. But then, so if you, if you, if you guys know that uh, we know, uh, we find out about the um, um, what's it, battle plan right before we start deploying. So we didn't know what battle plan. And when I saw six objectives, I said, oh my God. You know, so I had to spread out because uh, the problem is I had to spread out because uh, he can uh, come up uh, uh, everywhere, right, from the edge. So I had to just be everywhere like that spread. And I put my giant with my Vangorian Lord on the right. The only thing, I was hoping that he cannot kill my Vangorian Lord from breath right away. But that's what happened. If, if my Vangorian didn't fall, 
with a reduced rent or something, I think I could be able to at least hold one turn and then reposition myself and the shooting, right? It's like, what are you going to do? You stay, you got shot. You you move forward, you got shot, right? So. Yeah, it, it, look, it was a really tough matchup. So, like, you know, first off, credit to you for getting to the final. Um, and, and, you know, yes, the game ended early, but I think it was just an unfortunate series of events. You know, you had a tough matchup. If you had a, a battle plan that had less objectives, uh, if you played, you know, in a different sequence, I think things would be a little bit different. But the fact that Living City has a lot of movement flexibility, you've got six objectives and you can't kind of control all of them. And your type of list as well is a very much a, uh, a strong castle, right? You've got lots of bodies protecting heroes. You throw power out where you need it, but you're ultimately and moving as let's a Let's be honest, like Gavin is probably top, 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 top player uh, in ITC for sure. Like, uh, he wins tournaments left and right, and he knows what he's doing. So, like, he probably, not probably, but he deserved the win, and I was really happy that he won. And uh, uh, the thing is very good that we, every, every contestant had very friendly attitude and environment was amazing. So, everyone uh, was great. Uh, James that I uh, faced, actually, on my uh, his dragon list, he was number one. Uh, in five games, right before the finals, so so yeah, they he, matched, he, like, he was top. He was yeah, top. He was like so five they matched number crushing. one with eight. I was eight, right? So so guys were just uh, incredible uh, with the play style, the tactics, and everything. But yeah, Gavin ruled. He knew what to bring to be the most efficient, and he he did what he did, right? So no complaints about this, that. Do you think this type of build is something that people listening to this should consider? Because I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat. And they're pumped for you because they've been waiting for a zombie list, or they're looking for um they've got like a lot of skellies as well. They're they're looking for a very similar build with skellies. And I think there is there is. I think obviously there's a, a couple of differences. Obviously, you don't get the six-inch pile in, you don't get the regeneration on a two-up, there's no mortal wounds on the sixes. It's not nearly the, the same, but I, I think people in this chat have been looking for a horde meta, especially in Soulblight. Do you think this is a play style that people should be considering? And and if so, why? Well, if you have a strong back, then for sure, right? Uh, because there <laughs> are lots of moving. L literally, literally, when you're pushing around that many models, I when I used to play Gits, I would, pl I would get so brain-drained by day one uh, because you've got so many um, holy within circles and ranges and moving intricacies of little like so many troops and like get to a point where you just like just push them up the table but back to you do you think a list like yours with lots of skellies or lots of zombies um is is a, you should be thinking about it and why uh that is my list for some time for sure i enjoy playing that uh i like horde armies I never played horror movies basically, but I like the concept because then you have more feeling that it's like really war going on, right? Real battle, right? Then you have few models run around like skirmish, right? That's that. And um, uh, I don't know. There's so many moving parts that what I like. Uh, I think by my play style, I'm more like a counter-attacking counter player. So I always adjust what's happening. So I need uh, tools to, to be able to adjust. And if I have central pieces or, or small units and I lose them, then I'm done, right? So I, this is my play style. I won't move unless Nighthound will be great, Kids, the new book will be get great or something like that. Uh, I love the I just need a great. I just need a White Dwarf update like Beast of Chaos did. My gosh, I don't know if you saw that, but the leak came out and 
Beasts of Chaos are OP. They are going to be terrorizing. If you see Beasts of Chaos on the table, do not underestimate them. Anymore. That white dwarf has just made them insane. I just wrote terrain rules and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's terrain. But yeah, so uh, that's great. And you know, it's something something that differentiates your list uh, because for probably one year we had uh, this uh, basic concept of the army building. You have strong shooting, shield, and probably some magic. Shooting, some screen and magic and it's getting like so much like all the tactics all the games are the same you know what uh, doors of Kane is doing like mind razor and go forward and shoot with a both and like here uh I, I think it's vince said uh uh that the soul blight book it's the book that uh, how it should be it's super flexible even yesterday we were building my list for for upcoming saturday uh, rtt with my brother we have completely different lists, still with uh, heavy zombies, but no Gargant. And even in there, like, there are so many small pieces that completely change your play style. And it's amazing. Like, I read the book, and like, okay, which legend? Uh, when you read other books, it's like, okay, I know, I go with Hagnar, or I, I'm going with that. And it's always like that, right? How it was with uh, Petrofix Elite. It's only Petrofix Elite, right? Here... Almost every dynasty, it's incredible, and it's like just um, choose what fits your playstyle. Book is incredible, so why not? Yeah, I, I think it's the best book so far uh, in the Age of Sigmar. Not maybe so it's I, not the most powerful, but it's most versatile, flexible, and lots of things to do. Right? So yeah, I um I so secret OP um that way um i actually played legion of night in the old book so i, I was a long time um legions of negash player uh, i played manfred before he was cool when manfred was the most expensive mortark and the least useful of the mortarks where neferata and um arcan were running around doing much better jobs in legion of negash um and I, I remember like one of my biggest criticisms with the legions of negash book was that you could take a list, change the Legion, and it really didn't change. Like you could take Legion of Blood and then put the same list in Legion of Night and it would be only minor, minor differences. But you're right. When you look look at Soulblight Gravelords, there is now foundational builds and they vastly difference when you go to V-Cross versus Blood to Night to Avangorian and like you go to the different builds which is awesome because it means that you've now got a real strong focus, which then kind of leads me to the question I wanted to ask you, why did you choose Veercross and did the new Legion of Blood um, rules from White Dwarf make you think about changing? Because Veercross is still very popular. It's the one that people are most leaning to. Uh, yeah, so why Vircus? Uh, I like the uh, command traits and artifact from there. Uh, command traits is pack alpha, which gives you a uh, free uh, command point, which you're uh, where you're very hungry for command points uh, in, in that build because you need bravery, you need uh, extra attack, you need so much stuff. Uh, um, maybe all out attack for your uh, gargant or defense, you know. so you need the CPs, and it's generic not once per battle uh, round, it's uh, generic every turn. Uh, so that helps. Uh, also, rerolling uh, costs is pretty good because uh, 
That, yes, because that um, is so good. Nice, very nice spells. Really nice spells. Uh, decent spells that you want to use and utilize. The good thing about them, they're not something like, okay, if this spell doesn't work, I'm, I'm, I lost the game. But it's small things that accumulate and help you, right? So, uh, so yeah, that's why. I, all, I also thought about Legion of Night uh, and bringing Belladama uh, and, you know, uh, her, using her spell that brings uh, Wolf in a damaged uh, yes. unit. Then you can shoot, uh, shut down uh, shooting somehow, right? But then yes. I, I, except, I, I... Except for Lumineth. Like, like you, you, yeah, you can't do bit, anything, right? Yeah, like it sounds good in theory. Like, oh, I'm gonna cast this spell against some sentinels, and then I'll turn one into a wolf, and then they're pinned, and they can't do unleash hell. And then you remember, you're not getting any spells out through it. Through, but again, um, you don't see uh Luminous so much now. You see Stormcast, they don't have lots of unbinds. You have uh Daughters of Cain, that don't have so much unbinds and crazy unbinds. Uh, but Again, Belladama uh, has a keyword of, of Vikas, so it doesn't work. Um, yeah, also, uh, Legion of Night has amazing artifact, uh, which ignores random shooting. And if you give it to a Vangarian Lord, he will be a tank machine. He can't be shot because he would be this always on 2 plus save. And uh, in close combat, he's pretty tanky. So, yeah, I'm thinking about Legion of Night too. But so far, I want to familiarize myself with Varkas, you know, know what I'm doing exactly. It should be automatic because I'm forgetting lots of stuff uh, while I'm playing. Uh, if you yeah, ask me... I mean, me, I, mean uh, I mean, the two sets of rules there, um, I'm just re-looking at them there. The, the plus one to wound for, like, your death rattle, your zombies, and then uh, as long as they're near a hero, right? You know, especially a vampire hero. You take a couple of foot, or take a couple of foot heroes, um happy days well they don't even have to be foot heroes they can be obviously big monsters but um so if you want to go horde skellies or horde de uh, zombies the via cross definitely kind of leads into you and i love the the re-rolling of casting right because if you just get a spell through and you're like oh this will get unbound and i really want you know van hales or whatever it might be i oh, know but no van hales van hales is a necromancer but you know what i mean like you cast a spell um you could re-roll that or it can help you avoid miscasts, which is just a, a great thing as well. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, great dynasty. Uh, if you compare it to Legion of Blood, it's just completely different build, right? Different uh, models and everything. So, yeah. And like, I, I think, I think the White Dwarf supplement is really cool. Um, but I, I can see why you wouldn't want to. But I think overall, I always felt that with the Soul Black Grave Lords, being a Cities of Sigma player, that's like who I am at a, as the core. When Cities of Sigma first dropped, it took ages for it to hit the tournament scene and do well because there's a lot of practicing, a lot of nuance, and there's a lot of great options. And I think we are starting to see Soul Black Grave Lords find that sweet spot. Yeah, we found the easy tricks, which was the, the Grave Guard and doing mortal wounds, and you pop them from a gravesite, you have a White King or a Vampire Lord, and you stack it. We've obviously had Blood Knights with, you know, two up armor saves, happy days. But I think now we're going to start seeing some list tech with direwolves, start seeing more things from just Manfred. I think Neferata will come back in some way. I think we haven't seen Neferata just yet. She's still good. And I think those those rules from White Dwarf have made her even better and her allegiance. Uh, and I love that you're exploring this. Um, anything, you also, anything else you want to add or I'm going to go to your list? Yeah, let's go. Let's go with my list. All right, let's bring it up. I'm going to close off the chat for a second. Um, 
yeah, I think I think there's some great things, right? I think one thing that if I remember my experience as being a an undead player, I love the flexibility of the grave sites. I love the flexibility, especially as like a Legion of Night player. I used to play a lot of um and I think maybe as well, Legion of Knights worth considering if we are gonna have a lot more power projection like long strikes, for example. Well, I can just take them off and put them on the side of the table. If there's something that I really need you not to kill, my my uh, vampire lot on zombie dragon, um, some type of you know super powerful unit, my my grave guard. I don't need to shoot off my grave guard. We'll pop them to the side, and then I can still put things into the grave sites. That mm. you know, there's a lot of flexibility. Cool. I'm actually going to stop talking and I'm going to bring up your list. So you did go with Veercross and you chose Hull the Line, which makes absolute complete sense. Um, I noticed that our picture is uh, hiding one of the spells, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk it through. But the leaders, I guess I'm curious to find out why did you take what you took? What would you do now? Would you would you change anything um, post-event? You know, if Stormcast continues to be strong in the meta and, and over-represent and dragons are our, 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 our boogeyman now, you know, would you change this at all? So just read it out for the people listening on the podcast. You've got Gorslav um, in the list. You've got your Necromancer with the Arcane Tome and Decrepify. You've got Fort Kicker. You, you've got yourself a Mercenary Mega Gargant. And you've also got a Vampire Lord on foot being the General with the uh, the Pack Alpha. And you've got Soul Spike and uh, Invigorating Aura. You've also got a Vangorian Lord with the Terminus Cloak. You've got Flaming Weapon and Invigorating Aura. Then you've got 60 Zombies, 60 Zombies, 10 Skellies. Uh, you've got the Corpse Cart. Man, that Corpse Cart. Love a, love a good Corpse Cart. Um, and then you've got it with a, a Warlord Battle Reg, and you've got yourself an Artifact. So talk to me. You've got eight drops, so you weren't really worried too much about the, the drop game. Um, a lot of people talked about Battle Regiment lately and, you know, trying you know, the, the race to go to, to be as low as you possibly can. So I'll be curious to find out why you didn't try to just go absolute like one drop as well or two drops for you. All right, I'm going to stop talking. Talk to me a little bit about your list and, and how this all kind of came about. So uh, having this particular list, uh, of course, uh, Gorslav uh, can be seen as like must uh, to have because he brings half of your uh, destroyed uh, summonable unit uh, back within uh, 12 inches from him or yeah, 12 or 9 inches from him. Uh, so uh, instead of rolling on Battle Shock uh, five pluses, you know that you can bring 30, 30 models, 30 wounds or 30 models uh, on the objective and uh, still have the objective, which helped me uh, many times. But also, uh, honestly, I was rolling for five pluses really hard during, during tournament. So uh, Gorslav really didn't have a play in that tournament. Uh, so I was going to ask you about Gorslav because I'm looking at this going, I don't see a lot of Gorslav. He is not someone I know. Like, what what were you thinking that Gorslav would bring to the table? Uh, he brings a th like this half of the destroyed uh, unit when where when you need it, right? Or where you need it, uh, because it's usually he uh, he comes to play by the uh, by round number four or five, but uh, it's where where already there like a. Uh, very few models left from both sides, let's say, and you need this objective. You need to get that. You need to hold your own objective, right? Uh, so it's the must that you need to be like confident that you have extra 30 wounds uh, in your pocket. 
However, um, being more, let's say, risky and aggressive, you could take fel, uh, fel bats, knowing the current meta, and just protect your giant uh, with with its screen because it has a large large base, pretty large base, forty uh, mil. So three bats they can uh, ha- like hide like several inches and uh, screen the gargan from one side. If I, for example, had uh, uh, that screen against Kevin, that would probably could save me uh, my gargant, right? So that's a trade-off that each player should decide by themselves. Necromancer is the, of course, it's a must. Uh, double. Can, I, can, and, I, can yeah. I just pause you before? I, I just don't want you to get too far ahead. A um, couple of questions I've got for you is early on in third edition, there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of theory hammer about things like fell bats. Like, oh, if I don't want someone to use unleash hell on me, so I'm going to use fell bats to charge them in and they'll take the damage before insert unit here charges. But we don't see that happening, despite that we now have more shooting than ever before. We haven't seen that tactic. Do you think it's just a good in theory, not good in practice? Do you think it's something that we just have to practice with even more? Or like, why would you eventually go with Because first off, I, I love Gorslav in the list. I've just re-looked at his rules and the Arise Arise, the ability to bring back a unit at half strength in the movement phase. Because my second question was going to be, how does a rise arise work with endless legions? Given that you can bring back bodies as well in the battle shock phase, um, I, so I guess I, I'll unpack my questions. One, why didn't you go with the Felbats uh, and you went with Gorslav leading into into the LVO? And is that going to change? Uh, if we take this particular list and. If I already knew how I would perform on um, LVO. sure, let's say let's say we're let's say we're not going to hack apart this list. Like we're going to keep we're going to be consistent. Yeah. So uh, fell. Um, let's say bats would really have a good game in a tournament for sure. Uh, that screen that you need to have to have strong positions, right? Because all you do is buying time and generating uh, victory points. So that extra screen with f- crazy 14 movement, uh, it's something, and plus run, right? So it could be up to 20 inches movement. And you can screen whatever you want, full meters, whatever. That might really help. So the only problem now, it's like there are other stuff that's really, really great in the Soul Blade book. So it's hard to get um, enough points to to squeeze those bets. But uh, I'm pretty sure that there will be list... Uh, this year that I will bring somewhere and try bats because I think they're pretty good for what they cost and what they do. They're just always the first thing I drop from my list. Like I'll always build the list and I, and I just go, right, well, let's, you know, I'm just over points or I'm not quite getting everything I need into my list. And I just always find fell bats at the first thing I pull out because I still need my heroes. I still need my troops. But one thing I do like about the fell bats not being battle line is it means they're not going to give away broken ranks as a screen. While if you screen with, let's say, your your skellies, they'll die super quickly and you give away broken ranks. Correct. And I think, you know, Holy Hand Grenade has mentioned, you know, things like Black Knights. That's another option. A little bit more expensive from memory than Felbats, not as fast as Felbats. But again, it's another mechanic that would probably work well. Hmm. Yeah, so that that uh, then we go into Necromancer. He's the must, I believe. With Arcantome, uh, you uh, you cast first spell that uh, allows zombies to fight twice. Uh, we 
which brings them to uh, uh, if you add, add everything up to 12 inch pile in uh, during combat phase, which is crazy. You can get to any objective if you want. Um, <clears throat> uh, and uh, second spell is Decrepify, which count, uh, which helps a lot against, uh, let's say, at least like um, Mega Gargant. Because giving uh, Mega Gargant minus one to hit and minus uh, one to damage, it's something, oh, sorry, minus one to wound uh, and minus one damage, it's just crazy, right? So suddenly from three uh, flat damage, they go going to two and good luck killing 60 zombies. Plus you had the uh, cart and etc. etc. So the Cryptophase amazing spell that helped me against Gargants. Uh, because I had one game against Garkard's uh, Breaker Tribe, and it helped me against uh, Dragon uh, James List. Yeah. Uh, and also, what, he's, what? Uh, pretty yeah, survivable. Uh, he's pretty survivable. He transfers his wounds on uh, on 3 plus to zombies. So, uh, so if uh, your opponent really needs to kill him, he needs to, um, you know, overkill him with the shots, right? So. Yeah, it's funny actually because a lot of players when they fight death is um, they always split their attacks. I found this as a death player, and I always find this as an opponent of death player is do I do I focus all of my attacks and have spillage and just like waste a bunch of attacks, or do I split them and try to get the optimum? And I always learned that when you split the attacks against death, it's always a bad time because it always one or two wound stays on what you needed to die. And it's just a nightmare. couple of things. Yes, fell bats are summonable, but obviously not keyworded um, to anything with like zombies or, um, mm -hmm. or skellies, which impacts some of the interactions. Um, but I did want to ask you, there was one other question I asked you about Gore Slab that I just want to loop back to um, before we move forward was I, I, I mentioned the ability of Gore Slav can bring back in the hero phase with a rise arise. But then you've also got the Deathless Legion or Endless Legion, sorry, that impacts your zombies as well. So how do you think about those tools, two rules interacting? Like, why is it that Gorslav's movement shenanigans um, is worth it compared to just waiting till the end of the battle round? Because it's five plus, right? And if you really, really, really need it and you don't roll it, then what what you're gonna do? So Gorslav, it's like your insurance agent. He's there if something goes really south and you really need it, and he's only 75 points. Also worth mentioning that he's a hero, and you know that uh, uh, there are lots of aura effects, command points, zombies can issue command points to themselves. So he's like, uh, yeah, he's like a backup for you to issue command points, uh, help with bravery if 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 all your heroes are, are down, right? So he's, yeah, he's just a backup hero to, you know, if something goes south. He's not... He's not an active player during the game. He comes probably round uh, four or five. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I just wanted to make those connections for anyone who are thinking, well, what's the point? Like, why would I bring a 75-point hero where I could just bring bodies back at the end? But the fact that it also brings back into the movement phase, um, that allows you to potentially shore sure. up an objective, right? Um, it allows you to maybe throw up a screen before um, you give away the turn. You know, it could, it could, you could do a Hail Mary long bomb nine inch charge, right? Like there's a couple of options to consider in, in the movement phase versus just the battle shock phase where you really can't do anything more after that. Unless you obviously win the priority role, then you're okay. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. 
All right, let's go. Let's go to anything else from the Necro. I just didn't want to. I, I didn't want to miss that point because some people might be thinking about the value of that. But I think Gorslav actually, I think it's a really good call. I think people should definitely consider getting Gorslav. I, I like go, that seventy-five uh, percent insurance policy. Yeah, it's. Don't forget that he's a hero, right? And uh, zombies can't issue command points. And honestly, if you you're uh, uh, facing heavy shooting uh, uh, army, then uh, your vampire lord is, and necromancer are down, yeah. and you need third hero to to just help with the braveries and the command points, right? So, and I guarantee you, no one is targeting Gorslav. <laughs> People will look at these heroes and they'll go necromancer, vampire lord, Vangorian lord. Like Gorslav will be the last target on that list. That's correct. Yes. So and and like, and that's perfect because when you when you need him really is the back end of the game, which mm -hmm. hopefully he's not being targeted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and also Gorslav has the bodyguard ability and cool. Yeah. Well, happy yeah. days. That's awesome. He's bouncing bouncing wounds to zombies. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, he's pretty decent for seventy five points. Like. It's outstanding um, for 75 points. Yeah. Give me seven, give me seven gore slabs. Yeah, the only problem I wish they released uh his box separately for, from Core City box, right? But well uh, hopefully, hopefully that's soon, man. We don't know what's happening with Curse City, but hopefully I, I heard rumors last year they were gonna split up the box. Mm -hmm. Um so that would yeah, be great because the model is is great. Uh then we go to uh, uh, uh big drug of Fort Kika, like I don't know if you you want to discuss it more. I think we already uh, talked about him a lot. He's first of all a trap, and if if no one shoots him and he's still alive, then he he fights like hell and uh, he's like a truck. So uh, worth having him just you know to uh, to buy one or two battle rounds to get a uh, position for your zombies, right? Because he's a target number one, whatever you do. Whoever you face, yeah. no one will shoot zombies while there's a Gargant. Uh, however, I so dropped him now because uh, we as a Canada, uh, me and my brother, we're going to uh, Nationals and uh, we can have uh, similar War Scrolls and he's bringing Gargants. So uh, I have a different list, which pre I think it's pretty good. We'll see on this Saturday. But yeah, I think he's interesting choice. Uh, Vampire Lord is the master. Now, uh, before we go, before we get there, so as a as a Soul Blight player, what do I give up by take? Well, first off, why would I take the Mega Gargan instead of something naturally in my army? More zombies, Vampire Lord, Prince Vordry, Manfred. Like you know, what, what? Why wouldn't I take something that's already in my book? And what do you gain and lose by having it in the list? I think is the the key here because mm. it's a it's a bunch of wounds, right? It's a great hero. You're giving away your um your, your CP, um giving away CP to to have the mercenary mega gargant. And I know why it's in the list. It's an outstanding choice. But someone might be thinking, well, why don't I just get Prince Vordry? Oh, uh, uh, because Vordry is eight. I believe he's eighteen wound model. Or even less, fourteen. Uh, actually, I don't remember already. Um, I think he's about but, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he gets killed first turn if you uh, don't take the turn. If you take the turn, uh, he's pretty swingy. You, you. It's it should be just kamikaze roll that you just smash, and while the opponent deals it, you get the position. But I think Gargant deals with it much better. Uh, takes this roll right um, like a trap. 
uh, yeah, so uh, Wodry, what I find with Wodry, he's just uh, he's very good first uh, battle round where where he charges. After that, he's done, right? And you you're left with uh, just zombies, right? And uh, that's it. Just not enough wounds for him to survive long enough as you want, right? So that I was, bring Gar Gar yeah, that Gargan. Was more of a that was more of a rhetorical question as opposed to specifically Vordry. So I'm like, yeah. why wouldn't I invest that 500 points into as many Blood Knights I can take? Or, you know, like like some type of other, you know, smashy... Blood Knights are well... I'm considering Blood Knights great unit with 3 plus save. Maybe not in Vikras, though. Uh, also, uh, right now, how I substituted my Gargan is with uh, with uh, Belladama and uh, Radakar, or, or the, the Beast. Uh, we call him Chadika. He's Chadika the Beast Lord because he is a Chad. Sorry, he's oh. a Chad. It's all right. Oh, okay, so okay. He, he's he, Radika is actually something that I would have expected in your list. Like he's um very good, very good because he's. Just I don't like know if he's good enough. Uh, I'll tell you why uh, I'm a little bit skeptical about Radika. Bella Dama is great. He she's a two level caster with plus one casting. Uh, pretty, pretty um, um mobile. And with the uh, wolves, she's very hard to kill. So uh, I love this model, but uh, I have uh, doubts about Radakar at the moment because he's only one rent. And in today's meta, one rent, it's like nothing. Like everything will, will survive like in four pluses and be saved. Um, the only thing good with Void Dwarf uh, that he can fight and then zombies fight right away, that maybe help a little bit to uh, accumulate damage uh, from the start. But I have doubts about Radakar at the moment. Why I'm bringing him with Belladama? Because he's the one who brings a wolves for Belladama, right? Uh, so we'll see. I need more, more games uh, with Radakar to say that uh, he's... Um, worth taking or not at the moment i just i just see a lot of people getting i think are they putting flaming weapon on him maybe he's not is he unique he's, he's unique he's he's a, a named character right? he's uh he's not a spellcaster he's a named character okay. and he has one rent. if he had two rent on his attacks well, maybe yeah he's great but one rent it's like very hard to do yeah. something without yeah. pretty expensive model honestly not so we'll fair. see, we'll not see. Fair. I'll I'll test more uh, and see how it goes. So that's that. Uh, with that cool. You got your vamp lord. Um, Plus one continue. attack. Uh, he's my general. Uh, I'm thinking to move uh, and uh, you know demote him from being general uh, because he he's being shot very easily because he's only five wound model and um, bringing him to Vangorian lord. Uh, why is that? Because uh, then. My opponent can't get uh, battle tactic for uh, bring it down and slay the world or the, in the one game. Uh, but killing Vampire Lord being a general is pretty easy, but he has an amazing command ability that gives additional attack to the zombies uh, during combat phase. And what's best that it lasts until next hero phase. So on your opponent's... Uh, turn you can do it again and it's tax so they will have plus two attacks right so and if you have 25 zombies piled in with plus two attacks like three attacks it's 75 attacks there will be some sixes for sure right 
Yeah, I, I just want to call out one more good comment that came up from um, Gorgely or Gorgely. Um, just to loop back onto the Mega Gargan and why it might be a, a good consideration in someone's list is you don't have a lot of Rend in Soulblight. And the, the Mega Gargan brings Ren 2 and Ren 3 to, to the party. And it also gives you a pretty decent long-range shooting attack. I was, I was I played a game last night against Daughters of Cain, and I took half of Marathi's wounds off her oh, through, yeah. two through two rock attacks. Like I threw a rock one round, a rock another round at little Marathi, popped her for four wounds or three wounds because obviously she's going to take it. But it gave me some long-range threat as well. So that was just another good call out to consider – because you do lack both long range shooting and you also lack rend. You've got the mortal wounds, but you and you you have the volume of attacks, but you do lack high rend. That's a very so, good point about his shooting. Mm. Great point because uh, it's uh, three plus two plus, and uh, with all out attack, it's two plus two plus. Pretty <laughs> a good good uh, you know uh, chance to get to Marathi and minus three rend. Uh, so. Basically, it, it will go through, and you get this your your three wounds there for sure. Correct, yeah. Fanatical faith, you know, statistically, she'll save one at best. So I'll, that, that's how I took down Marathi half the time without engaging her. So that and that's, like you know, you worry about point. sentinels. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I thought I'd bring it up and loose loop back mm -hmm. to the garden because that actually is a really good point. Vengorian Lord, because someone in the chat as well was mentioning, you know, why why the Vengorian Lord compared to like Luke of I? Like, why wouldn't you go Luke of I as opposed to? Oh my! I was obviously... so close to to bring Luke of I in my new list. Uh, uh, that's actually a good point, good question. And Vengorian Lord, I have to say, he was the model of of the tournament for sure. He is amazing. You don't expect uh, damage output, but he is a tank. And how he uh, combos with a giant, uh, reducing rent. Giant is unkillable at the moment. So he's how, great. So what happens? How do they uh, combine though? How will they combine though? Because Mega Gargan won't have any. I, I was going to bring up the War Scroll for a second, but how do they combine? So what happens uh, uh, when you uh, bring them together? He uh, within three uh, when he's in combat, when Goran Lord is in combat, he reduces uh, opponent's rent uh, by one. Right. Ah, okay. So whatever hits Gargant right now, it's not two rent; it's one rent. Whatever hits Gargant is, if it was three rent, it's two rent, and it really matters, right? Um. So he brings to thirty-five um wound model, extra safe. Right. Uh. Also, he, he and he can buff with with his spell, giving plus one to wound uh, when uh, Gargant hits. Amazing combo, and what happened in, uh, in the final game? Uh, I was I was covering my um, Gargan with Vangaran Lord, but I was hoping he won't die from from uh, dragon shooting. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Vangaran Lord and uh, Kevin was smart, very smart enough to kill uh, my Vangaran Lord uh, right away from his shooting. That's how he fell, and then I didn't have this cover from my Vangaran Lord. Amazing model, very fast. The only thing what I would change first of all, I would. Uh, change uh his spell uh, you don't need a flaming weapon at all because he's a not damage dealer and extra one wound if you're lucky you don't need it i change now to a, a spell that gives extra six inch movement so this will be very mobile utility tanking uh model and uh yeah that's so so cool. that's that yeah 
what what would this list have changed um, if you had brought in Luca instead? Luca, by, but, and, and by the yeah. way, just want to just just to call out for anyone who might be a little bit confused, the Vangorian Lord doesn't buff the Mega Gargan, but what you're doing, Levan, is you are combining the two in combat. Oh yeah. So that whoever is in combat with the Mega Gargan and the Vangorian Lord is reducing its rend, but it's not necessarily like it's only the Mega in combat and. Um, yeah, so it's 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 not a buff like that. It's that no, it's not buff. The buffing the uh, the model that you, which is in combat. Yeah, yeah. Just just because the mega can't get buffed, like it's it's an independent solo agent. Mm. So just want to call that out for anyone who's new and hasn't seen the combination. But Luca Vi, if you swap the two out, you know, assuming the points were the same and nothing else changed, like what would Luca bring to the table here? Luca Vi has a incredible spell um, that. Um, reduces uh your charge roll uh like halves your charge roll uh, within 12 inch bubble so you put her f in front of let's say fulminators and suddenly uh, uh, from three uh three uh inch charge they need to do six inch charge if they're within four it's eight of uh eight roll right so it's incredible spell that I was so close to taking Luca Vi because of that. Uh, downside, uh, she's Avengori. She she can't benefit yeah. from Vikers, so she yes. cannot reroll her spell. And spell is on eight. It's very, very, you know, um, how to say, swingy. Yeah. And uh, that's why I just didn't take you. I, I decided to just, you know, give Artifact to Vancouver Lord. That's it. Yeah, no, 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 that, and that would probably be the key, right? Like you, you're not getting the, you're not getting the real maximum value out of Luca because you're not in Avangorian, um, with this type of list. So I can see, like, she's great. Like, I really like Luca. Mm. Obviously, you don't get the customization because it's a named character, and you know she does bring her own things. But yes, again, I've been running around with Marathi with Mind Razor on an eight. She only gets a plus one unless there's arcane terrain. And an eight is really swingy. And then there's a really lot of strong magic casters out there in the meta. So even to get the eight and then, you know, potentially get it unbound, it's it's quite difficult. Yeah. Also, I would change Terminus Clock, which worked very well, actually. What does Terminus Clock do? It's once per battle, It's um, you use it, and your opening is minus one to casting. So, you know, sometimes it helps. Uh you know, the even for against Lumineth or uh, heavy uh, uh, magic armies, like it's all over the board. So all all uh, spellcasters are minus one. It helps, but uh, you know what? I need something more consistent. So I change it to uh, Sanxiron or how it's called when when uh, a Vangoran Lord charges. He has additional D three attacks, uh, which might sound as like not too much, but uh, this attack is D six damage. So if you're very lucky, why not? You can squeeze lots of damage from from that artifact. What so about that... what about the first artifact? I'm not going to try to pronounce it. That's like Phylax, uh, the one that gives you basically uh, deathless minions for using eighteen. Yeah, because obviously you know you're game against Gavin. You know you struggled a little bit by stretching out against six objectives. Would would that extension of deathless have helped? with board control having deathless at 18 or wouldn't have made a big difference no because that it, would let you stretch out it would help if you're a novice player and you need this one but if you can't control your 12 inch aura 
you shouldn't play death armies. You know, you should always be within 12, whatever you do. It's extra uh, six inches. Yeah, it's a good benefit, but there is better stuff. You should know that you should be everywhere within 12. Plus, you have a grave, grave sites that uh, give you the same ability, right? So you can use, instead of hero, you can use your grave site as uh, uh, using like deathless minions ability, right? So it's all over the board. Just be careful. I know I, I did mistake uh, even in final game, but it didn't matter anymore. And I was tired probably. I was like half for one inch uh, uh, beyond my 12 inch hour, but it was my mistake. Learn to be yeah. within 12 because if you're death army, everything is within 12. Learn and, and deal with it. Uh, I wouldn't spend my artifact option for that for sure. Okay, no, I, I guess hmm. what I'm, I'm, less, I'm less thinking about the game that you had against Gavin. I'm more thinking about... In the meta right now, there is a lot of hero sniping, especially, you know, you pop a necromancer. You, you, you got a couple of small heroes providing your deathless, right? So if I pop your necromancer, you pop your vampire lord, and you did acknowledge that they are low wound count heroes, um, you know, all of a sudden your deathless bubble starts shrinking and you're relying on your grave sites. Does that bubble of, you know, the, the deathless getting extended help? And I, I guess what I'm hearing to you is right now, probably no. Um, it's an option, but it's probably, if I was going to go to a tournament, am I going to spend my artifact on this super niche situation? Probably not. Too in cool. hindsight, yes. Yes, in hindsight, absolutely. But is it reliable? Probably not. Very uh, very good point. But uh, we're talking about the artifact for Vangorian Lord. Vangorian Lord is nowhere near usually to zombies. He's a, a mobile unit who just, you know, goes somewhere, does his own stuff, blocks something. He's not near the zombies. So he doesn't, I don't need his ability there. If you give it them to Vampire Lord, he's always always close. If they snipe uh, my uh, Necromaster and Vampire Lord, as we discussed, we, we spent 75 points to get Gorslav. So it helps, but there are other ways to spend your artifact uh, in better way, let's say, put it like that. Yeah. Mm. I like it. No, I'm, I'm talking this through. So people who are <laughs> looking at this going, you know, is this an option? Um, because there is a couple of decent options depending on who you're going to put it on, right? Because the Cloak of Night Prowler is actually not too bad as well, being able to pile in an extra three inches, right? That, you know, yeah. we do hear a lot of really good things about pile-ins and obviously being able to get into some more juicier targets or maybe better position yourself. Um, now, it might not work with you particularly, but there is a couple of good options. So I appreciate your thoughts here. Yeah, this book is incredible. You can use almost everything, right? It's not something, okay, Mind Razor. Why go with Mind Razor, right? And that's it. No, like whatever suits you, if you always fail to keep this 12-inch aura, which which is pretty difficult, then yes, do it for some time, play it for three, four months, then you learn, and then you say, okay, I don't need it anymore. Book is great. Like so much moving parts, so many, and you can use anything. There's no something like, oh no, it's unusable, throw it away. Everything usable in this book. You got your corpse cart, you've got your skelly, mm. you've got 10 skellies, you've got 60 zombies times two. So you've got 120 zombies coming back. Absolute insanity. Um, yeah, Matt, absolutely. Like, I think that's kind of why I mentioned, you know, it felt very much like Cities of Sigma to me because it is list techie. It is, there's so many great combinations at Levan. You're probably still going to be learning, you know, as you explore the book further and further. Uh, which is great because it means you can buy this army and just keep playing for years and years if you if you choose to do so. 
Um, and it is fundamentally different as well to a lot of play styles out there. But how does a corpse cart and your skellies and your zombies working together? Uh, yes, I will tell you what skellies do. Skellies are there to steal objectives. As soon as uh, my opponent gets tired, round number four or something, and he moves somewhere, or and I have this sweet spot um, uh, to get uh, to the objective, then the, where there are. I don't need them for battling or something. They're just for stealing. And that's what helped me uh, on my semifinal game, where... Uh, you know, of the battle line count, uh, if there's a battle line, it only counts battle line for, for a purpose of controlling the objective. And there was probably one millimeter that I could, uh, you know, squeeze one skellies on the objective and my opponent had uh, heroes there. And uh, so that's the only purpose of skellies. Uh, zombies, you can see, right? They're just there. They're uh, Even if Gargan's coming, there are 60 zombies against 30 uh 30 models on the objective they're still holding the objective there corpse card is great but situationally first of all it shuts very often so sometimes i just sacrifice it uh to what i did against for example james i hold the right objective with my corpse card so he had to spend two of his dragons to kill the uh, corpse card and get the objective and i didn't uh, get all the damage up on my zombies However, I would change the corpse card uh, from minus one to wound to plus one to cast and plus one to save because I need this reliable casting from my necromancer to give two uh, two pilings for my zombies. That's where the the strength of my uh, list comes. So I need this plus one to cast. That's the lodestone, not the brazier. That's correct. Yeah, that's yeah, what I yeah. would change. Yeah. Yeah, the plus one to cast, especially when you've got a little necromancer, because normally your corpse cart, your necromancer, and your your summonable zombie skeletons are all kind of together in a little, little nice little package. Would you consider taking two uh, corpse carts? I know in no. second edition you would see that type of combination. No, for sure, no, because uh, too much investment. There are other things that are very important in your list that you have to have, uh, and... Um, it's overkill and you don't need it and they're only like six wound models though so with six plus save and uh no yeah no, no, not it, two for I, sure. I agree agreed like i think uh maybe if you're doing a much bigger game than 2k but maybe right now like because someone might look at your list and be tempted to swap out gore slab for a corpse card um mm. and go okay they're roughly around the same points but no i think you know something like gore slab brings a lot of utility value compared to the corpse card uh, but hey, no one's going to shoot the corpse cart. Most people would kind of ignore it. Even bats, kind of bats are better than the second corpse cart, if you ask me. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, something that's coming up in the chat a lot. Um, a lot of people are, are kind of like screaming about it. It's interesting. I'd love your thoughts on, um, and I haven't seen this a lot in, in third edition, which has been really disappointing, is the Coven Throne and the Bloodseeker Palaquin. Got that one out. Is there any reasons why you didn't take a Bloodseeker or a Coven Throne in this list? And um, yeah, because just I have other stuff to invest, right? I I considered Manfred, I considered Neferata. A uh, good point about Manfred and Neferata, uh, they do so much supportive stuff, like backup stuff, but in the end. You do all these uh, crazy and interesting uh, uh, things with your army, and then you don't have output. 
I had this situation, uh, I think it was my uh, first game or something, I don't remember, and my opponent said, well, what would you change in my list? He, I said, well, you have so much debuffs, you have so much, you invested so much in debuffing, 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 and when it came time to shoot, you don't have nothing to shoot with, you know? So that's my point, like, I need some, some punchy stuff, so if I bring my Gargant, I need at least something to punch, right? Because if my, if my opponent uh, is not scared of me to push back, then he goes all in and attacks me right with everything he has and he doesn't care. So that's why uh, I can't invest too much in supporting stuff, right? I need something to have and punch stuff too. I just don't think, like, I haven't seen it a lot. And I think part of the reason is, is there's just better options. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, there's just better options because... If I need utility, there are better options. You know, Corpse Guard in this particular example, another hero. You know, there's, there's so many great heroes out there. If I need punch, well, I've got so many great options. I could go with a Manfred, not Manfred. Well, I mean, Manf Manfred's great as well, but like Vordry, Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. If I need some utility pieces, I've got a Mortark to pull from. Like there's so many. It's just like they're the jack of all trades, but they're master of none. And I... I don't think there's a strong reason to bring in a, 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 a cover. A, how much? How many points are there? Like 300 points, 200 points? Uh, 100, 300, probably, I believe. Yeah, something. They're probably, yeah, that's a pretty pretty solid chunk of change when you compare it to. Mm. Like, if you want to run it, you do you. Amazing. But um, I think, it, it, you know, when I'm looking at this list going, when I look at this list and I'll bring it back up and go, where's the fat to cut and bring a Coven Throne, a Blood Bloodseeker Palaquin? Like it's hard. Like you know, certainly the Vangorian Lord is is far superior than having the the Bloodseeker on the table. You know, would I drop back some of my troops to kind of no? I need the the bodies in this particular example. The only fat here is the the um, the Mega Gargan, I guess. Mm -hmm. And but but they play two completely different roles. And the Mega brings a lot of things that I'm just I, I would be happy to have. And if I'm not going to take the Mega. I'm going to take something that can hit hard, can soak up damage, has different value. That's not that. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, and also, uh, yeah, that's. I think we're covered uh, my list. Um, also, what I would uh, said uh, forgot to mention, and uh, just it came to my mind yesterday when I was building a new list. Uh, it would really play well. I think. I believe, and I hope. Uh, uh, to add some endless spells like uh, shackles. If you go heavy defensive objective grabbing and just be there, can you imagine if you throw in front of you some shackles that uh, you know uh, stops any any charges against you? Good luck, and you don't care about charges. You have six inch pile in, right? So you just come close and you charge when you want, but you can't be charged. And if he wants to dispel it, then waste you your spell, right? So. I, I want to try shackles too because I, I don't think that people like thought about shackles a lot about in in, in the uh, soul blight, but I think it's very utilitarian because um, the concept of soul blight is not fighting. You are not fighter. You are <laughs> like you know I'm lover, not a fighter. Here the same. You it's not about fighting and killing. There was no game where I tabled my opponent. Right? I don't remember it was like that. It just creating these objectives, play for, for wins, or play for victory points, and etc., etc. So stop and 
you know it's like uh my brother says it's like your your army should be something like blue blue deck and magic right just don't don't let your opponent play his game yeah you're playing control you're playing an absolute control game so probably shackles would work very well yeah so Especially if you're going to use in 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 um in Veercross because you're getting to re-roll the cast as well. I think the part of the challenge is a lot of people have dropped endless spells. One, they went up in points. Two, it's become harder to cast because there's not only magical supremacy out there in the meta, but there's also more ways to unbind. And I can use a heroic mm-hmm. action to get rid of things. And um, I don't know if you saw that Cygors now can eat endless spells and they power up. It's fucking amazing. I can't wait I to talk Beast of, Beast of Chaos. Like, it's so fucking cool. But, like, again, like, in all my lists, I have not I have um, an endless spell, but I always drop it because I need bodies because things just went up and yeah. it's struggling. But what you said is true. Having a um, having shackles in a control board, you know, when you have layers, right, you've got shackles, you've got your grave sites, you've got your zombies, then you've got your heroes, you know, you're really dominating the presence of the board. And um, I think, you know, it'd be fascinating to watch you versus Nurgle, you know, a control versus a control, because it'd just be an absolute grind. Uh, but a lot of these armies that are elite armies that have, you know, a high amount of mortal wounds, but, you know, like, well, there's not enough to kind of take out 60 zombies, um, would just kind of struggle and you'd get them at attrition. Hmm. Yeah. And by the way, another good point as well, and um, Demonic Teddy mentioned it, you know, you, if I was going to look for another hammer, I'd throw in, you know, Graveguard. Like, that would probably be a more superior build than bringing in a, a Coven Throne or a Bloodseeker. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. You need to understand what kind of list you're building, right? Um, uh, so, uh, Graveguards are great, Blood Knights are great, but then if you build Fighting Army... Uh, as a soul blight, which is on paper is very good, and we have uh, very good accomplished players in in our community to use them a lot and like with a with a war dry and everything. But my point is that that there are other books that are much stronger in combat and doing what this list does, but better. So if you want to play soul blight, you should be different, right? That's the point. It's great, but there are better books doing that right so that's why i'm not moving to grave guards and i'm just uh using more utilitarian and controlling uh units as matt said in the chat you know castellai is about tabling veer cross is about attrition of war and if i look at your list if i look at what you've been doing you are playing purely attrition of war because what you're noticing and you probably saw this at lvo uh, a lot of people are building for a very strong first couple of turns and they're not really playing to the back end of the game. And obviously that plays into Nurgle's strengths really well mm. um, and obviously into your strengths really well. But, you know, turn one, turn two, even turn three, they throw all of their their eggs in one basket. They go as, as hard as they can and then they ha- often have very little less gas in the tank. So... Um, if you can play that attrition game, you're bringing back bodies, you're doing all this good stuff, you're, you're, you know, you're denying battle tactics. I think that's the key, having some really strong um, options to avoid giving away battle tactics, you'll win the game. Yeah, big big uh, hi to Matt. He's actually uh, from our community, local community, Toronto, and he's probably most accomplished Soul Blade player here. So he's, he's happy yeah. to lend you Graveguard to try out. So maybe <laughs> so maybe Matt... I need to get Matt on. Maybe I need to get Matt on to get a counterpoint to your discussion. But 
Uh, is, so there. Is there anything mm -hmm. that you've kind of learned or, you know, now moving into the worlds, moving into, you know, the, the next ITC competitive season and all the things that are coming up in 2022, is there any like advice or experience or things that you would consider post LVO that you're now kind of either cooking up and you're not, you're not quite sure yet or things you're thinking about, whether it's, you know, how do I handle well, now we got to work out how, oh, you, you don't even care about Beasts of Chaos with their, like, rend million minus 17,000. For me, when I see the army with high rent, I'm more happy because I know that there's less attacks, right? <laughs> and I don't care about rent. It's much harder for me to deal with, the like, skinks, right, that can pr probably wipe my uh, zombie, uh, zombie unit right, right away. Uh, with billion attacks because everything goes through right it's so which is which is what gavin used against and i only i can only keep referring to gavin because it was the game i could only literally watch like if it was a if there was a um a frontline gaming stream of um of the tables i would have loved to have seen more of your games but what got you and your zombies was the crossbows because when they don't move it'll be 60 attacks and it's that high volume of quality attacks not not crazy rand not mortal wounds a high volume of attacks that was able to get that those zombies down and not a lot of armies have that type of amount of output i know like my witch elves i run like a, a buffed up 30 unit of witch elves which is like 90 attacks but that's pretty rare but that's pretty rare in the meta like you're not seeing a lot of you're seeing high volume of like mortal wounds and high rend as opposed to high mm. low low damage low rend yeah which works for Soul Blade better, like in, in Zombie List, right? So, yeah. for example, Any... if if you compare long strikes and judicators, it's better to face long strikes rather than judicators, right? So, yeah. No. Any any final thoughts or any comments that you're thinking about for this upcoming season? We'll kind of wrap it up. I, I, we could talk zombies forever. We could talk about undead forever. Um, but it's nice to kind of see some different lists kind of rise to the top and. I'm sure there's some cracking Avangorian lists. I'm sure there's plenty of cracking uh, Legion of Blood. Again, I keep mentioning, I think there's some stuff now with the the White Dwarf supplement. Um, but certainly, you know, Via Cross and Castellai are definitely probably the, the two leaders right now. But anything that you're kind of marinating, cooking, thinking uh, as you move into the next season? Oh, yeah. I think the new season will be uh, very interesting for 2022 for uh, Hobby itself because, uh, you know, we, we're coming from lockdown and the tournament just started. And we saw uh, top four armies like Seraphon, uh, Doris of Cain, you know, all other stuff that was pretty same all the time. And I, I find that now people fed up with that and everyone tries to bring something unique. And this new trend brings more flavor to the game. Uh, yesterday, I saw that the, they published the list for RTT. Oh my God, they're like kids, trolls, like everything that is possible. And interestingly, we have a Craigie with the 18 uh, bold boys and cruel boys from cruel boys. So very interesting lists and I'm pretty sure they will perform well. And I'm more excited rather than uh, taking back to autumn where I said Daughters of Cain, Daughters of Cain. Luminous, 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 daughters of Kendo. You know, it was like well, okay. now it's just Stormcast. Well, like now it was like, and, and it's hard because I, I'm not sure if the LVO demonstrated the new world because we obviously had the hard, well, not a hard reset, but we had third edition, 
Then we had the winter FAQ, and there were some minor point adjustments, some hero manipulations, but I don't think the world got set on fire. Um, you've obviously got a bunch of uh, battle tomes coming, and I don't know if I don't know if the FAQ for Nurgle being so close to the LVO stopped more Nurgle players coming. I don't know because of the fury of the deep if less deepkin players mm. and less fire players come or what that box will do. And we saw today in the Warhammer community, fire, fire slayers have um, got some some well, some previews into the Urgold mechanics. So, and we didn't see really that many um, Lumineth. So I don't know if it was a weird skewed meta or if we're about to see this is the new norm and Stormcast are here to stay. And, and a high propensity of Stormcast. There's a tournament locally in uh, in my community this weekend, and it is a high chunk of Stormcast as well. So, look, early days, it looks like we might have to deal with Stormcast for a while, but I think how we think about encounter and, and play the meta, um, keep an eye out. Yeah, there are ways to counter everything, right? So, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> and regards on Saturday, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the spot where Age of Sigmar is not right now, it's fantastic. And the way that we see now that people are bringing new lists, new ideas, and they share, it's amazing. Uh, returning to Soulblight, my advice would be not listen to anyone in terms of like, oh, this list is the best. It's not that book. Like, uh, this is very flexible book. Build what you like, try it, and then you will figure out which kind of cogs you want to change, right? So it's it's a great book, right? Lore-wise cool. and, and game-wise, yeah. Well, you've given us a counterpoint. I know we've had a couple of shows, and I think I definitely owe Soulblight a few more shows. So, Matt, maybe I'll be in touch. We'll find out if there's a couple of other lists out there, and we'll kind of explore this. And you know what? If you if, if um, Veer Cross or pushing 120 zombies isn't for you, take some of Levan's thoughts, bring it in. Certainly I'll walk away if nothing more about Gorslav. I was not considering Gorslav. I haven't really seen it on, in lists. But when you're using zombies, and even if I was just bringing one unit of 60 zombies, I could see value bringing Gorslav to support that, that unit. So really good shout. Um, any final comments? Um, obviously, if people want to watch you play this type of list and others, uh, Bulldog Hammer over on YouTube, cracking battle reports, you pump them out, uh, and they're good quality. And, and Levant gave me a preview of the new studio they're building. So Season of War, you know, you're on notice now. Bulldog Hammer is coming for you. Best <laughs> battle reports are coming out of Canada. Like Canada is like the home of Age of Sigmar battle reports. Well, that's the biggest point we're going nationals, just to say that there is a Canada also in a, in a world map. So let's see how it goes. And uh, big hi to our great, fantastic uh, community, Season of War, uh, uh, who Jordan, who is a captain of our national team. Uh, like Knights of Pyre. We have so many clubs. I just don't want to tell it because i'll forget anyone three dragon six planet like all you guys thank you for all supports and uh yeah see you saturday <laughs> and more importantly i think you've got a brother you might want to give a shout out to well i've been telling about my brother whole whole ep today's episode like he's my coach he was there uh telling me what to do he's my inspiration and he's the uh the locomotive that pushes our channel forward so of course always always big big shout out to my brother yuri Awesome. No, look, this has been absolutely a pleasure. Uh, it's been great to talk about a different style of um, of Soulblight. 
And look, folks at home, if you enjoyed this, you know what to do, like, subscribe, hashtag, I don't know, whatever. But more importantly, like, I'd be curious to hear if other people have been playing with zombie lists and what they've found. Is there any other combinations that we consider? You know, I know some people, especially in the Graveguard community, uh, they love, like, the White King. You know, instead of using the Vampire Lord, you use the White King. Like, there's so many little technical things that it's always great to explore. So I'd be curious to see how people are building their lists and, you know, is there other ways to build it outside of the across? You know, is some is there some good tactics in blood, night, whatever it might be? But Levant, you're a legend. Thank you. I'm gonna go to work. Happy Friday to you all. Happy Thursday to anyone who's not in my side of the world. And um go check out Bulldog Hammer and subscribe to them because they're champions. Levan, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much, coach. Thank you. Thanks, boy. Thanks for sticking around until Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.